Hey, hey, welcome to the jungle. My name is Jim Rome. A tremendous Thursday to you. Great to be here. Hey, there it is. If you're watching on CBS Sports Network, there I am. Nice to have you here. If you're not watching, but you're listening, nice to have you here. All right, let's get it done. Lots of good show for you today, starting off with an hour number one, which is wide open for you. I've got two interviews and the all-important first beef segment of 2024. If you're curious about that, that's going to be at the top of hour number three. If you're new to it, very quickly, we do this once a week in season. You can call the program and beef about anything you want. I don't care. Just bring me a beef. Well, anything except toilet beef. I don't want that. And no JN beef. I don't want that. If you don't know what JN stands for, good. If you do know what it stands for, you know I don't want it. Anyway, the beef segment. I can't wait for the first beef segment of 2024. That's coming up at the top of hour number three. In the meantime, if you want to hit me up, because we have open phones in hour one, go ahead and call 1-800-636-8686. Follow me on the X at Jim Rome. Email me at Rome, R-O-M-E, at Habitate.com. So what we're looking at today is that open phone first hour. Top of hour number two. The head football coach at Arizona, Jed Fish. A couple of thoughts on Jed Fish right off the top. Number one, damn good coach. Great coach. Really, really good coach. Number two, James Kelly is obsessed with Jed Fish. Like, James Kelly is a weird cat, a different cat. We know that he loves all things Shanahan. But the other thing I know about James Kelly... He loves the Shanahan family. He loves washing cars. He loves washing dogs. He loves running head of cattle. And he loves Jed Fish. He's obsessed with Jed Fish. But then again, Jed Fish is a great coach. And I want to get his thoughts on the championship game because, number one, he worked for Jim Harbaugh. Number two, he played Washington. And number three, did I mention damn good coach? So that's coming up at the top of our number two. Coming up in our, the bottom of our number two, Dio Odengbo, defensive end for the Colts. He's having a year. He's having a year, and that division is wild. So we will talk to him at 1040. Hey, really quick, Jack Savage. Is Jed a phoner or a zoomer? We haven't confirmed that yet. You know, yesterday, Cindy was doing Cindy things. Cindy brought in sushi for lunch. We don't do that around here. We, we really don't do anything around here for lunch, except for the same thing every bleeping day. We all bring our own lunches. Cindy celebrates every single event. Apparently, Jack Savage had a birthday at the end of last year that we did not get to celebrate, so she brought in some midday sushi. Just saying. So we've got all those things. Get yourself set for the beefs. All right, with that in mind, different start today. You would think that I'd start with some more NFL, and I nearly did. You would think that I could start with the Natty. In fact, that was my plan because Michigan player went Michigan player in a weird way. However, since I'm in SoCal... I think I'll start with the breaking news in the NBA. I I do love L.A. I was born in L.A. 
I live just outside of L.A. I love L.A. There is some breaking news, though, in the association that's not exactly news at all. Now, I know that sounds kind of counterintuitive, but follow me on that. Breaking news that's not news at all, at least not to anybody who knows anything about ball, not to anybody familiar with the Lakers. In fact, anybody familiar with the Lakers already knew this was coming any second. In fact, I'm shocked that it didn't happen sooner. Anybody who knows the Lake Show knew that it was only a matter of time before a tweet like this dropped. At Shams Sharinia, quote, There is currently a growing disconnect between Darvin Ham and Lakers locker room stemming from disjointedness around rotation and adjustments. Might as well throw in the hashtag. Oh, what do you know? The blame game has already begun in L.A. And as I mentioned, I'm shocked it didn't start sooner. Finger pointing season is underway. It is officially Chris Carter time for the Lake Show. You got to have a fall guy in the crew. And, of course, the first person who was going to catch heat was always going to be Darvin Ham, because that's literally what he's there for. We all know that LeCap runs that show. We all know Darvin Ham is his human shield. And as soon as things went south for these Lakers, Ham was going to be the one to wear it. Ham was going to get the blame. LeFib was going to go Ham on Ham. And things are going south already. So, of course, Ham is catching the blame. And no, Mama Cass clones does not have a take on this. Save that imbecility. Anyway, after last night's blowout loss to the Jimmy Butlerless Heat last night at, at home, right? Miami comes into LA and they blow the Lakers out without Jimmy Butler. The Lakers fall below 500. Which is below not good. It seems like just yesterday, these dudes were celebrating winning the all-important Ears Invitational. Like they had just won a Larry O. And an Olympic gold. And the Powerball jackpot. All at the same time. They actually seemed happier than winning all those things. All at the same time. Since that in-season fake tourney win, fake championship... The Lakers have lost 9 of 12. They just lost three in a row. And last night might have been rock bottom. Man, they better hope it was. It definitely was a true low point. Because last night was the L.A. homecoming for none other than former UCLA star and breakout rookie Jaime Jaquez Jr. You know, the same dude that the Heat selected one spot after. After the Lakers passed up on him in the first round. So, what did the L.A. legend do to the hometown team that passed him up? Exactly what you would expect. He put up a game high, plus 24. He outscored LeCap. He dished out eight dimes. He played 39 minutes, and it was a 14-point win. That any good? good. You think maybe the Lake Show could use somebody like that right about now? Especially since the dude they took... Instead of Hawkeyes, barely plays. 
and scored no points in six minutes last night. The only player who had more minutes in the game last night than Hawk has was Anthony Street Clothes Davis. Anthony Street Clothes Davis. Which is pretty freaking alarming for the Lakers because Street Clothes has not been in his Street Clothes at all. In fact, the guy's been on the court and he's been dominant. This dude is balling out. You could even say that AD has been the leading man that LeBron promised he would be this season. This dude is balling out, and it doesn't even matter. He's playing some of the best ball of his career, and it doesn't even matter. I mean, that is alarming as hell for the Lake Show. And that's why... What's that alarm for? Because it's just alarming? Is that just a generic alarm, Alvin? That's the alarming alarm. That is the alarming alarm. We have an alarm for everything, even when things are alarming. I like it. That's why they're now scrambling to find an excuse as to why they can't find a win. Scrambling to find an excuse or scrambling to find a fall guy. You've got to have a fall guy. I've got a different thought on this. I think I know where to place the blame, and it's not on Darvin Ham. I think it's on the banner. I think these dudes curse themselves by ignoring their own standard and hanging a banner for winning seven regular season games. Meaningless games. I mean, I don't even believe in curses. I'm not that guy. But the bad juju and mojo from that idiotic banner is undeniable, right? You want a solution, Lake Show? I'm not saying it's going to fix everything, but it would be a start. Rip that banner down. In-season banners are for losers. Put that coffee down. Firing Darvin Ham is not going to do jack. I mean, it's inevitable, right? As long as LeCap is there and they're not winning, whoever is coaching is going to get LeCapped. We know this. But that's not going to fix it. That won't fix bleep. So you might as well at least try to take that banner down first since it's an easier solution and the banner itself is a total disgrace to what was once a proud franchise. It's a fake championship. I'm not even going to call it a championship. It doesn't mean jack. You embarrassed yourselves. You embarrassed your fans. You embarrassed your city. And you embarrassed me, most of all. Take that crap down. Take it down now. Kobe Bryant said it best back in the day. We play for and we celebrate one thing and one thing only. Championships. Not whack, contrived, in-season tourneys like the Ears Invitational. This franchise does not hang division banners. (laughs) It does not hang conference championships. <laughs> we hang one banner and one banner only, and that's NBA titles. And you may not like it. You may think it sucks. You may think it's not great sportsmanship. Get over it. It is what it is. It's a city of champions for a reason. I don't know about you. I kind of get chills every time I hear his voice. So I'm a fair person. I'm a reasonable person. You can't blame the Lakers for not taking Hawkeyes, right? I mean, how could they know that he would be this good as a pro? How could they know about the guy at all? 
I mean, come on. The scouting department cannot be everywhere. It's not like this cat was two bus stops away from the practice facility. You could see where they could miss on this guy. You could see where maybe they wouldn't know everything about this guy. You could see whereby maybe they would have never seen this guy play. I mean, how many Jets and how many different stops do you have to make to find this guy play? He only spent four years, four minutes from where you practice. Listen, Darvin Ham deserves some blame, but Laker fans are treating him like it's all his fault. Laker fan is going after Darvin Ham like that one viral video of that criminal from that Vegas courtroom. You've seen it. I mean, I'm not going to celebrate it. I'm not going to glorify it. It was actually pretty terrifying. But I couldn't stop looking at it. Let me tell you something. If anybody's going to dominate the criminal combine, it's this guy. Did you see the vert on this guy? Holy crap. This dude is going to set marks at the criminal combine that will last forever. Again, I'm not glorifying this in any way, man. That was bad. That was scary. That was terrifying. You've got a female judge who's not going to let this guy walk, who's about to lay down the sentence. And this dude was like Superman. Or to Alvin's point, this $6 million man. This dude was like Steve Austin back in the day. Like he could jump. This dude could jump over the Empire State Building. The way he got over the judge's bench. Holy crap, what a bad scene that was. Anyway, this dude jumped over the judge's bench to get at the judge, to tackle her, and then you can't really see what goes on except some kind of feeble attempts by those who are in the courtroom to get him off of her. It was a bad deal. Bad deal. No credit to everybody who stood around and watched it, too. How about that one dude? Is she all right? Probably not, man. Probably not. But thanks for pitching in. Anyway, anyway, I I know. Bad analogy. Bad analogy. But I know you clones have all seen it. And we're going to bring it to me and act like I hadn't seen it. So I wanted to get in front of it. Bad analogy. Bad joke. Hey, Raiders, you might want to see when that guy's getting out. Now, granted, I don't know what she was going to hit him with. But go ahead and 10x it based on what he did. But maybe just put in a phone call to see when that guy's getting out. Put him on the opposite side of Max Crosby. He might be the only guy with a motor that exceeds that belonging to Max Crosby. I think I finally found the answer to the tush push. Line that guy up against all of them. Damn, that that was crazy. And scary. And maybe do something about security in the courtroom. 1-800-636-8686. Speaking of Max Crosby, have you seen that great other viral video of Gardner Minshew talking about Max Crosby? And they've got him mic'd up. Max comes off really well in that, but 
Gardner is so funny, man. He is so funny, and he is so chill. I, I love that exchange when he's on the sideline talking about him. So sometimes these viral videos are pretty good. So in addition to that, haven't started with the Lakers in a long time, but it's starting. The blame game is starting. The finger pointing is starting. The cap is going to start capping. And all of a sudden, Darvin Ham is getting a lot of heat. Because of course, of course, as long as the cap is there and things are not going well. And by the way, he had arguably one of the worst games of his entire career last night. Fact. That was his basketball version of Space Jam 2. He blew out of there without even talking to the press. As long as he's there and things don't go well... A coach is going to get fired. Don't believe me? Ask Frank Vogel. 1-800-636-8686. Man, it is a wild weekend in the NFL. We'll talk about that. You've got the Natty coming up on Monday. Who you like in that game? We will talk about that. Let me check out some of the reaction. Hey, Rome. Here's an idea for getting rid of the Lakers' in-season banner. They should take it down cut it into a bunch of little pieces, and then they can sell those pieces at the crypt as championship car flags. You know the nation would just eat that up. Wave them loud and proud. Eric in L.A. Good job, Eric. I like that. That's a good start. Hey, Rome. I have beef with you, Vance Mack. Right as I was typing my Darvin Ham Mama Cass take, you shut me down. Bring our old jungle back when we could talk about fat, ugly people. Ah. Regards, Rob and NC. Dude, you might try to argue that the world was different and therefore the show was better back in the day, but Cass Elliott died in 1974. Dude, let me do the math. That would be a half of century ago, brother. Okay, so I've done the math on this never-ending possible. Even I was only nine when that happened. That's not old school. That's not old school jungle, bro. That's ancient history. Come on, man. Like I say every single day, if I came in here and did the same show every single day, if I came in here and made the same jokes every single day, if I came in here and gave you the same rants and the same takes every single day, I would have been out of business about the time they dropped her into the ground. What I'm trying to say is if ever there was an example of you All of you, like this guy, needing to, quote, do better, it's that. Stop sending me your takes on Mama Cass. You probably don't even know what band she was in. You probably never even heard one of her songs. All you know, wait, Rome, she was a singer? Is that what she did? I just thought she was some overweight person who predated the JN who choked to death on a ham sandwich. I had no idea she was a singer. Yeah, actually, a very popular one. Do better.
Do better, do better, do better, do better, do better, do better. <laughs> Benton. Look at Benton with this deep pull. Awesome to hear that you're going to interview legendary K-Rock DJ Jed the Fish. That's a great pull. Not the same dude. Great pull. I've got an inside story on that. I've got a Rome story time on Jed the Fish. That was a great jock. Great radio station. Jed the Fish will not be interviewed in hour two. Richard Blade will not be in hour three. Fellow Hall of Famers, Kevin and Bean, will not be in the first hour. Although, if they want to, I'd do it. Kevin and Bean can do whatever the hell they want. Those are my boys. My fellow Hall of Famers. We went in together. Love those dudes. Love Kevin and Bean. Legendary morning show in Los Angeles. Don't forget about the poor man. I saw the poor man years ago at the VI in Newport Beach. Or Balboa. Don't forget Mark Bowden. Cat Corbett. She's still working somewhere. I know Cat's still around. Doesn't include her. Tammy Heidi, man. She was funny. She was good. I love K-Rock. Great station. However, that said, that said, and I love K-Rock. Love K-Rock. You know my roots. 91X, baby. 91X. Now that was a freaking radio station. Those were such amazing times. If you radio nerds, Imagine the Mighty 690. Tom, you'll love this. The Mighty 690, legendary sports talk radio station, with me as the anchor. The Mighty 690, 10 feet away from 91X. One of the greatest, not only alternative rock stations ever, but one of the greatest radio stations ever. In their heyday, in the same building, in San Diego, 10 feet apart. Man, those were the days of local radio. SoCal Jeff wants to explain something. He wants to clarify. Yeah, Jeff, I know. I'm an L.A. native. However, for the rest of the nation, quote, Jacquez may have been practicing four minutes away, but with traffic, it's like 65 minutes. Yeah, I know, Jeff. Jeff, we don't need... It's bad enough, Jeff, that people outside of L.A. make jokes about L.A. traffic. We don't need people in L.A. making jokes about L.A. traffic. We know, Jeff. We live here. We grew up here. We commute here. Which is kind of why I pushed my way south. That and Dodger Jano and I had a conversation. Rob Lowe's got to be like, Hey, man, there's a lot of really exciting players. Yeah, right, Rob. You know, I'd love to go see that guy. I hear there's this, there's a buzz. There's a buzz at Pauly. There's a buzz at UCLA. There's a kid there that I should really go see. This is Rob Lopalenka. But damn, there's a sig alert. There's a sig alert on the freeway. Guess we're not going to get in there to see him today. <laughs> a sig alert. One of the worst phrases ever. Sig alert is code for the entire damn town is shutting down. 
All right. When we come back. Wait, here's one. Chris in Milwaukee. Jimmy. If you think that courthouse leap was impressive, you obviously have not had to tell Brian Weber from the other side of the counter that we don't have any more chicken. Regards, Chick-fil-A employees. I will stop the music for a minute. I still feel badly about the one day we did that to see Webb. And then I felt even worse when it was reset in the year, year in review. That was the ultimate. Anyway, I just made it worse. I just made it worse. The Stanford man deserves better than that. You try to Chick-fil-A him, and I try to C-Web him. B-Web is an incredibly important an integral part, and I'm using my big words now because the only person who uses bigger words than me is B-Webb, the Stanford man. And he is an integral part of this program. So I will not stand for B-Webb slander, even though I just C-Webbed him. Straight cash, homie for Marshall. He's a legend. Don't do that. Don't do that. He would not come over the counter if Chick-fil-A ran out of chicken. Gravity would stop him, for one thing. Don't do that. Just kidding, bro. And secondarily, he's not like that. He would find another place to get chicken and Dr. Pepper. Let me tell you about this dude that you don't know about this dude. This dude's a pro, yo. He's a pro. Yeah, and no, not a professional chicken eater, a pro, a broadcast pro. Big part of the team. Get off him, man. You got a problem with B-Webb, you got a problem with me. You got a problem with a 27-minute open, that's your problem. You got a problem with yourself. Find somebody else that can by themselves do a 27-minute open. You can't. With that said, the clock is completely jacked up already, so let's get out. Hey, listen, I was not going to get out without taking up from my guy, C. B-Web. So, quick question. Why is Old Trapper Beef Jerky the best thing ever? Ask B-Web. Just kidding. Just kidding, dude. (laughs) We're not going there. We're not doing that. We did that last year. Once. Well, Twice. Anyway, there is something to be said for a family business which stands by quality and produces the world's finest beef jerky. Do not be fooled by other brands. All beef jerky is not the same. Make sure you choose Old Trapper. You can actually see the quality right through their iconic Clearview packages. Every bite of Old Trapper is tender. It's never tough because they use only the best ingredients. From their lean strips of beef, seasoned with top-quality spices, to the real wood-fired smoke. Old Trapper delivers quality in every single bite, and it does come in four amazing flavors. Just choose the one you like best. If you're not sure, get one of each. Start off with a four-ounce bag, then get all four. If you know which one you want, get the 18-ounce bag. If you do not see it, and you will, but if you do not see it, ask for Old Trapper by name, because no other jerky compares Old Trapper with your beef. 
So you know it's going to be a short segment because the first segment was so long. You also know because the Lakers are a topic that V in the fee is on hold. So I'm going to get to him too. And then we've got the two interviews. Jed Fish, 10 o'clock. Dio Odengbo, 1040. What's your beef? 11 o'clock. An episode of the Jim Rome Podcast went out yesterday. Episode number 295 with Kurt Warner. Very good. Really good conversation like they always are. So all of that is ahead. I'm looking for a telephone call. one 636 8686 Again, it's going to be a wild weekend in the NFL. You've got so many things still up for grabs. Playoff positions. Win and you're in. For the Buffalo Bills. You can not only get in, you can get all the way up to the number two seed, or if things break the wrong way, you could miss altogether. I mean, wild stuff like that. Hey, Eagle fan, how you feeling right about now? You don't even have to answer. I'll tell you how I'm feeling right about now about your team. I'm feeling like you're one and done. I'm feeling like you went from the team to beat to being one and done. And no cowboy honk. That doesn't mean that I feel good about your chances. I feel better about your chances than I do Philadelphia's chances. But that doesn't mean I think that you're a real contender because I don't think you are. All of that is still ahead. Let's take a short time out right now. In fact, let me get you a sports update. Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. Good news, the head football coach of Arizona, Chad Fish, not only is going to be on at the top of the hour, but via Zoom. So we know that now. Speaking of college ball, look, listen, men of Michigan, this was not my plan. I did not plan on getting into the magical season of scandal yet again, or any of the individual scandals that have made the season of scandal so scandalous. And especially not the entire sign-stealing Connor Stallions saga. I was not going to steer out of my way to go back down this road with you, Michigan man, Michigan woman, Michigan child, Michigan animal. I wasn't going to. I don't want to rehash any of this. I'm tired of all of it. I do not want to reset this, but apparently your quarterback does. Your star quarterback just made that topic pretty much impossible to avoid after the scuds that he fired off yesterday. Now, before we get into what J.J. McCarthy said, I want to be crystal clear about this too. I have no problem with this dude. I like this dude a lot, actually. Like him as a dude, like him as a player. In fact, I have no problem with any of the dudes on that team. I like the dudes on that team. I like watching that team play. They're a damn good team. I don't deny that. I never said they weren't. I'll even prove it by throwing some overdue props at J.J. before I get into what he said and what he did. Because I think that J.J. made the best play of the entire Rose Bowl. And it's not being talked about nearly enough. 
the one where he saved the Wolverines from a total disaster with a backpedaling one-handed catch on a crossfield lateral, and then somehow, some way, he managed to heave it downfield for a 20-yard gain. It was actually an amazing play. That ends in the game, Bredesen and Barner, and Edwards, who can throw it, lobs it back to McCarthy, who has to retreat to make a one-handed grab, and tosses downhill to Roman Wilson. Not exactly how you draw it up, and McCarthy is down in the field and took a hit from Dallas Turner, which is never fun. And then they had to pick half of the field out of his face mask after that play. So McCarthy made a bunch of big-time plays on that Monday, and that might have been the biggest one of all. I mean, it was incredible. What he said yesterday, though, was less incredible. Almost as unbelievable, but less incredible. Here is the quote. I also feel like it's so unfortunate because there's probably, I don't want to say a crazy number, but I'd say a good number. 80% of the teams in college football steal signs. We actually had to adapt because in 2020 or 2019, when Ohio State was stealing our signs which is legal, and they were doing it, we had to get up to the level that they were at, and we had to make it an even playing field. End of quote. Uh, what? What? I mean, seriously, I've got to drop a Babs on this dude one more time. What? 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 So basically, your excuse is everybody else does it, And Ohio State did it first. But you also admit that what they were doing was legal. But you guys still decided you had to make it a level or even playing field by devising a scheme that was not legal. What you basically said was we could not beat them while they were following the rules. So we had to break the rules in order to, quote, even the playing field. But you see, JJ, the thing about that is cheating makes for an unlevel playing field. That's why it's called cheating. That's why it's not allowed. And that's not even getting into the fact that JJ wasn't even on the team in 2019. And Michigan didn't even play Ohio State in 2020. So who knows what he's even talking about there. But even if Ohio State had stolen signs from the sideline during that non-existent 2020 game, it still would have been legal, as J.J. himself admitted. Unlike having a coach in disguise on another team's sideline or a coach in the stands filming a future opponent's sideline. Illegal. As far as everybody's doing it, not everybody has a Connor Stallions. How is this still confusing to you, Michigan men and women and children and domesticated animals? You went to Michigan. Now, putting aside those of you who are Michigan men and women that didn't go to Michigan, but those of you who did, I thought you were the best and brightest. If that's the case, why are you having so much trouble understanding this still? Even Michigan star quarterback. We all know there is legal sign stealing. We know this. 
But that's not what the Stallion scandal is about. Like, at all. How do you not know that? Here's some free advice for you, Michigan player. In the lead-up to the biggest game of your lives, maybe don't talk about the whole sign-stealing thing. I know, crazy idea, right? But maybe you don't bring that up. Maybe you don't talk about it like that. Seeing as to how it's still an active NCAA investigation. It's a pretty easy no comment because it's still an active NCAA investigation. All you had to do was say, I can't really talk about that. I'm not allowed to. But dropping seemingly self-incriminating statements is a bad idea. And so is saying that, quote, everybody's doing it. And so is blaming Ohio State for it. And so is saying we had to even the playing field. Because that's not what you did. Again, cheating creates an unlevel playing field. That's why it's cheating. But then again, am I not wasting my energy and breath on this? It's not like anybody was ever going to forget about any of this anyway, whether or not he brought it up. It's not like asterisk nation isn't out there waiting to hang an asterisk on this team if you do win Monday night. But do you guys really need to keep drawing attention to it? I wasn't. I wasn't going to bring that up again. I'm not out here trolling you. I was not going to talk about that again. But it's almost like JJ was like, why isn't anybody talking about the way we cheated? JJ! Why isn't anybody talking about this more? I don't think we're talking enough about how we cheated. And that's one of the reasons why we are where we are. (laughs) Right? I mean, how does he go into an elaborate description, which in large part made no sense at all, about that? Well, we're not talking about it enough. And this is all after you had Connor Stallions himself parading around the Rose Bowl and Michigan football alum Chase Winovich blasting the fact out on Instagram. Like, these dudes had nothing to hide. They had two of the best seats in the entire house. Here was the post, and here is the voice of the mysterious and elusive Stallions right before kickoff on Monday from his seat right behind the Michigan sideline. Let's go. Connor, what are you thinking, bro? It's time. It's time. Connor Bro said, it's time. That's right. It is time. Time for you all to stop reminding everybody you got caught cheating right in the middle of your magical season. The only surprising thing about Stallions being in the Rose Bowl for that game is that he wasn't actually in the Superdome getting set up to film the Washington sideline during the Sugar Bowl. And of course the guy was front and center with one of the best seats in the house of the Rose Bowl because the Wolverines probably would not have been at the Rose Bowl without this guy. So they had to hook him up. (laughs) JJ, my man. Dude, you are a really good player. In fact, Tom Brady called you the greatest quarterback, or I should say Jim Harbaugh called you the greatest quarterback in Michigan history. Maybe. But it's almost like this guy wanted to clarify something that didn't need any clarification at all. We get it. You cheated. You got caught. And you can't wait to win once more and run around screaming, Who's got it better than us? Nobody! Still the cheesiest, cringiest thing ever. 
if you want to talk your smack, Michigan folk, better to channel the smack off champ himself, Mark in Boston, instead of Harbaugh. While none of this is even remotely funny, Mark came in and actually made me laugh about it. You know, when he said, quote, damn right we cheated because cheating works. They tried to kill our coach. They tried to say we were cheating. Well, I'm here to say to all the haters and the losers, listen closely. Cheating works. I love it. We just He did that yesterday. It was great. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, I know, Michigan men. You are America's team. It's got to be America's team. It's got to be America's team. America, America loves a team that, Jeez. that uh, you know, beats the odds, beats the adversity, you know, overcomes with the naysayers and you know, critics, so-called experts think. Gobble, gobble, jive turkey. I, I love the adversity that they overcame. Gobble, you mean gobble, that turkey. adversity gobble, created gobble, gobble, by turkey. you cheating and your coach getting suspended? You mean that self-imposed adversity? You mean that adversity? Gobble, gobble, turkey. Self-imposed adversity, self-imposed suspension, conference suspension, NCAA still investigating two different things, adversity, quarterback foot and mouth adversity. All right, Jed Fish coming up when we return.